y'all so much for that beautiful truth this morning. If you have your Bibles, I'll invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. We are going to hear some more parable, parable teaching this morning. In Matthew 13, we're going to look at what I think is probably one of the more widely known uh, parables, the parable of the sower, as it's usually called. Uh, I might refer to it more as the parable of the soils, and we'll see why that is in just a few minutes. But in Matthew chapter 13, we have a fair amount to get to, so we'll go ahead and get into the text this morning. Beginning in verse 1, it says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And so here we get our introduction into today's teaching. Uh, we see that there's a large crowd that's gathered. Jesus gets into a, a good position so that he can speak to the whole crowds. And as we'll also see, he is in a position so that he can speak more directly to the disciples. As he's sharing these parables, as he's going through these, there's going to be a portion of them that he's going to teach to the large group, to the crowds, and then there's going to be a, another portion of the teaching, a more direct teaching, an explanation of the teaching that he's going to give to his disciples. We'll be able to see both of them uh, this morning. As we see this specific parable, though, we see that he's beginning to talk about a sower. And so what's he talk about sowing? Uh, we might would say a planter, someone that's going out to plant seeds. And this isn't like we may think of going and planting an individual seed and covering up, that sort of thing. It's more like uh, what Brother, Brother Shane mentioned to the kids earlier. If y'all have ever seen anybody trying to uh, plant grass as they're just scattering it everywhere, broadcast sowing, as we would call it, that's what's happening here. It's a man who has gone out into a field and has had some wheat or something of that nature, and he's just casting it everywhere. And so that's the image that we have. And let's see where Jesus takes this imagery in verse 4. It says, And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked. And for right now, we're going to stop there because what we see as Jesus is teaching through these different soils, we see that there are four different types of soils that he's going to talk about today, but there are really only two categories of soil. So there are four different ones, but they can easily be broken into two categories. There's the category of soils that does not produce any crop. Three of these four are not going to produce any crop. And that's the three that we've seen here. We'll lump those together. The ones that, for different reasons, and we'll look at all of the reasons, but for different reasons, they don't produce any good, useful grain. And then there's one, the last one that we'll see at the end of the message today, is soil that does produce good crop. So two categories, those that don't produce good crop and those that do produce good crop. But I also want to be very, very clear because I know that we're not as clear on uh, planting wheat and that sort of thing, and we may not be in the same setting as these people. This is a parable, 
I'm going to talk about soil, and I'm going to talk about seeds, and I'm going to talk about plants over and over and over today. But I want us to have the mindset that's not really what we're talking about, right? This is a parable. This is a story, uh, an explanation of something that we do understand that's helping us understand something that we don't understand. We do understand soil and plants and seeds. What is it that we don't understand? What we may not understand, what the crowd didn't understand, was how the Word of God can come into the hearts of people and can either cause them to change and begin to grow and produce fruit or be rejected by the people. So we're not really talking about soil. The soil is the hearts of people. This is the, the heart, this is the mind, this is the decision-making part of a person. Whenever it talks about soil, the different soils, that's really talking about people. And so today, I know we like to be the hero in every story. We like to be the main character in the story. When we read this, we would like to be the sower who is out scattering the seeds. But for today's purpose in this parable, you are not the, so the sower. You are the soil. We are dirt. Y'all say that with me. We are dirt. Y'all didn't want to say that, did you? Some of you really, some of you didn't say that. That's who we are today. We are the soil. So what is it that is the seed, the seed that we're going to talk about over and over? The seed is the gospel. It's the word of God. It's the teaching about the kingdom that Jesus was there spreading to all of the people. So we have uh, Jesus being the sower. We have the word of God, which is the seed, the gospel that different people hear, that we hear that spread around all of us, and then we have us, the people, our hearts, they are the soil. And so when we put these two things together, we're reminded of this this morning, that there are only two categories of people. There are those people that receive and accept the word of God and produce fruit, and there are those people who receive or do not receive the word of God. Whenever it comes, they reject it, and they do not produce fruit. There are people that are saved by the gospel through faith in Jesus Christ, and there are people that are lost because they reject the gospel of Jesus Christ. Point one this morning is this. When people hear the gospel, they only have two choices, to accept it fully or to reject it Fully. These are the choices that people have. When they hear the gospel, when they hear Jesus' teaching, they can either fully accept everything he says or they can reject. We can either fully accept everything Christ says or we can fully reject. There is no in-between. And some people say, Brother Zach, that's a very oversimplified statement. It's not an oversimplified statement. It is the truth of the scriptures it is the truth that we see in this parable we see it in other places in the scriptures in Matthew chapter 7 Jesus describes which gate that people should go in or which path they should follow and there are, there are only two there's the broad one that leads to destruction and then there's the narrow one that leads to life and everyone chooses either the broad one leading to destruction or the narrow one that leads to life those are the only two choices he gives there we saw last week that everyone chooses one of two masters. Either we choose to allow sin to have mastery over our lives, which leads to death and destruction, or we choose to allow Christ to have mastery over our life, which leads to righteousness and sanctification, 
and life. Those were the only two choices that we were given. There are only two places of eternal dwelling, and there is heaven and there is hell. They're the only two choices, and this morning we're reminded of that. And in the same sense as the broad path being the one that leads to destruction, and the narrow path being the one that leads to life, three of these four soils lead to destruction, lead to rejection of the gospel, and only one of the soils only 25% of the soils. Y'all see, y'all didn't think I can do math. I did math. Only 25%, only a quarter of them actually lead to fruitfulness and to eternal life. So let's look at them because, yes, even though there are only two categories, there are different reasons that people reject. And let's see the ones that, that Christ gives us in verse 4. It says, And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Now, some of you uh, have farms, and some of you have cattle. Have any of y'all ever seen a cow path, what we call a cow path? You know, where all the cows walk, and there's no grass that grows there? None of y'all have seen it? Do this if you've seen it. Okay, I just want to make sure that some of you, I didn't, I'm going to come up with a different example real quick if there wasn't. So it gets really hard among that area, right? This is a, a footpath. This is where all the cows walk, or in their case, there would have been areas between the fields where all the people walked, and they would have basically been like a sidewalk. It's dirt, but after enough people walk through there, the ground becomes so compact that nothing's getting in there, and this man, whenever he's going and he's spreading the seeds, he's not choosing carefully. He's throwing it everywhere, and some of it lands on the really, really hard ground. And so it doesn't sink in there. It doesn't fall among some loose dirt. It stays on top, and he says that when that happens, uh, it doesn't eventually. If it stayed there long enough and there was rain and things, it might sink in. He said, but what happens? Some birds come, and they devour the seed before that can take place. Now, I told you, thankfully, that Jesus gives the disciples a clear explanation of what these different soils refer to. So if you would look over in verse 19 of this same chapter, Matthew 13, 19, he gives us the description of this soil. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, or we'll say the gospel, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom or the gospel and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So we see here that Jesus says that that this type of person, what type of person is he referring to would be like the path? And he says this is somebody that they hear the word of God, they hear the word of the kingdom, they hear the gospel and what they would have to do to be saved, and they don't understand it. And it's a very interesting word that he uses there, or a phrase actually, the does not understand. The word for them in the Greek, the word for understand was closely tied not to just uh, understanding something just in the mental sense, but it is understanding the right thing to do and choosing that thing. Understanding fully enough that you decide to do something. So in this case, and in most cases in the Bible when this word's used, what it refers to is somebody understanding what God's will is and so deciding to follow God's will. So this is somebody that hears the word of God but for some reason, we don't know the exact reason, but for whatever reason, they decide that they are not going to fully accept that this is what they should do and follow through with it. 
they're not going to accept the teaching that they should give up their life in order to follow Christ. They're not going to accept that they should give up their praise and glory for the praise and glory of God the Father. That they are not going to give up whatever it is and follow Him. There are lots of reasons that people would fall into this category. There are a lot of reasons that people would be hardened like a path and reject the gospel. Some of them uh, intellectualism. Some people believe that they are too smart to believe the truth that we find in God's word. You can find lots and lots of people in this category. There are some people that because of their upbringing, what they were taught by their parents or their grandparents are already uh, hardened to the gospel and when they hear it would immediately reject the gospel. There are some people that have heard lies and whatever those lies may be, have them in a place so that they are not going to accept the gospel. There are some people that have been through uh, very difficult experiences and they blame God because of that experience and so they are not willing to accept the gospel. But for whatever reason, these people hear the gospel, they hear the word of the kingdom, and they reject it. And instead of it having time for them to think over it and to maybe consider it and maybe change their mind, here he said that the seed laying on the ground would be eaten by birds. And he says in the same way Satan, the one who only wants to see the worst thing happen to us, that when a person does not immediately receive the gospel and understand it and decide to follow God's will, that Satan then comes and snatches that. He takes it away. He removes even the temptation or desire to ever receive that gospel so that that person is not going to decide to. And so that's the first soil. This person, in the end, the end result is what? The person rejects the gospel of Jesus Christ. The second one we see in verse 5 says, Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. Now this is one uh, that seems, seems pretty interesting. Some of you have probably seen this. I've seen a first-hand account of this before. I had a, uh, a truck whenever I was growing up and uh, it had the, you know, used to we had plastic bed liners in the truck where they did all the spraying and all the fancy stuff and it had these ridges in between it and dirt would get stuck in those ridges and would stay there and one day I had a bag of corn in the back of my truck and the bag of corn bust and so the corn gets in the shallow soil, and then it rained, and I kid you not, there were small corn stalks that were growing. Now, I don't take as good of care as my truck as some of you do, but there were small corn stalks that were growing, and they sprang up immediately, and it was kind of exciting. Look, there's corn growing in the back of my truck, but you know what happened when the sun came out and the water dried up in the soil? It died pretty quickly. It died. It didn't produce corn. It didn't end up growing to be a full-size plant. And God says here that, that there are some people that are like this. There are some people that hear the word, that are exposed to the gospel. There are some people that, that it comes in, and because of the shallowness of the soil, they get really excited, and immediately it springs up. And it appears that this person gets it. It appears that this person is truly excited. But what really happens, he shows us, look with me uh, over in verse 20. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures for a while. 
And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. I've seen this. I think that most of you have seen this. There are people that, that they, maybe whenever you were, they were youth, they went to a disciple now weekend, which uh, wonderful we have coming up soon. Maybe they went to a church camp. There was some experience like that. And at the time, all of their friends... All of the people that they're around are also living like Christians. And this is the thing to do, and this is exciting. And so they say, I want to be part of this too, and they join in. And it doesn't happen with just youth. I know that there used to be heaven's gates and hell's flames that y'all would have here at the church. I know that sometimes we have revival preachers come in, and people may come in, and, and they're exposed to these truths, and they go through this heaven's gates, hell's flames, and, and because of a scaredness, they say, I want the heaven option. I don't want the hell option. And so for that time being, they jump in because they're excited about the possibility of not having to go to hell, which is a great thing to be excited about. Or somebody's in a really tough place in their life, and they go to a church out of desperation, not knowing what else to do, and maybe they go to a Sunday school class and they're accepted. And there are people there that love them. And because they like this acceptance, they decide, yes, this is where I want to be. And all of those things, don't get me wrong, all of those can be wonderful things. Going to a church camp and hearing the gospel and seeing your friends worship Christ can be a wonderful thing. Going to heaven's gates, hell's flames, and understanding that hell is a real place and heaven is a real place can be a wonderful thing. Hearing a revival preacher and making that decision can be wonderful. Having a Sunday school class that accepts you and helps you through a difficult time in life can be a wonderful thing. But here's what I want you to see. If it's the only thing that makes you decide that you are going to be a Christian, if it's the only thing, then what you have is very shallow soil. As Jesus says here, no root in yourself. And whenever... Your friends aren't the only people you're around and you're at school and people make fun of you for going to church or for not doing this or not being at this party. All of a sudden, it's not as exciting to be a Christian and those people fall away. Or you're excited because you're worried about, about going to hell, but then you get out in the world and you see people and you're made fun of for not doing this or not doing that, or these trials come, and you say, well, those people are enjoying life. They're not going around every day worried about hell, and you end up falling away. Or whenever the people that were accepting you aren't spending as much time with you, and you say, well, this is the only reason I was coming, and you fall away. It says when the hard times come, when the persecution and the tribulation arises, these people fall away because it can't just be about some shallow, worldly, external something. It has to be conviction about Jesus Christ that moves us to want to be His. It has to be that I understand that when I was a lost sinner who deserved to go to hell, who had no reason for God to look on me, that He still looked at me and He loved me and He sent His Son to die for me. And now, because I understand the love that God has for me, I'm making the decision that I'm going to give my life to Him and I'm going to follow Him. I am resolved that no matter what happens, no matter what anybody says, I'm going to follow Christ because He is deserving 
of me following him. That is a deep soil that will stand the test of tribulation. Even when the sun comes and it scorches and the ground starts to get dry, the roots go down deep enough that you'll still remain as a plant producing fruit. That's what it looks like when it's good, good soil. But whenever you see the people that just spring up for a little while and fall away, what Christ says is they are like people that had been rooted in very shallow, rocky soil. And they're not going to endure. And what happens in the end? They reject the gospel because they were only excited about things of this world. They were not excited about things of Christ. He continues, and we see another soil. If you would look with me in verse 7. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Now, this is the last of the unfruitful soils that we have to look at. Look in verse 22. We see the description as Jesus explains what that is. People, seed falling among thorns and being choked out. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. These are people that hear the gospel, that hear the word of the kingdom, and they hear about the wonderful riches of Jesus Christ, and they hear about his love, but their desire for worldly things is so strong that it chokes out any desire that they would have for those wonderful things of God. They love money, and they love wealth, and they love popularity, and they love their fame. These worldly things, these, these things that uh, he describes in verse 22 is the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. These things that people live for in a temporal way, things that will eventually be gone, that will have no eternal bearing. These things they love so much that it causes them to reject the gospel and anything that might have started to grow is choked out by these thorns that are really the cares of the world and what happens is that they reject the gospel point two there are many things that cause people to reject God and his teaching there are many things right whether it's love of money and love of the things of this world whether it's uh, being rooted shallowly and only wanting these external things, but then when trials and persecution come, being turned off, whether it's having your heart hardened because of experiences of life and, and not choosing to allow this to have root in you, whatever it is, there are lots of different reasons that people reject the gospel, but in the end, there's one result. It all leads to the same result, people rejecting the gospel, people rejecting Jesus, people being lost, and still responsible for their own sin is the result of every one of these soils. The majority of people on this earth make this decision, unfortunately. And I think that this has to serve as a warning to us, that this has to serve as a, a good reason for us to, to reflect on ourselves and ask ourselves, do I look like one of these soils? Does what I thought has been my Christian walk really reflect one of these things? Did I just get excited about some external things? Do I love the things of the world more than I love God? And if you answer yes to any of those, then I think you need to honestly 
look at your life and you need to ask yourself and you need to ask Christ, do I really have a relationship with you or has it been that I am a bad soil that has truly rejected your gospel? You could ask yourself this question, am I bearing fruit? Because as we look at the last one, we see that all of the seed that falls on good soil will. Look in verse 8. It says, Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And then if you look over in verse 23, we see the ex explanation. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it again, understands it and decides to commit to it. He indeed bears fruit and yield, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. And the truth is, those would all be really good, really good returns on what you're planting. If you're getting thirty times as much as you plant, that's an outstanding return. If you're getting sixty or a hundredfold, it's almost unheard of return. But the truth is this, that even though we may produce in different amounts... Right? We don't all do the same thing. We don't all serve the exact same ways. We all do produce fruit. If we are good soil, if we are truly converted Christians, if we have come to Jesus Christ in faith, if I have heard the truth of the gospel, and I understand who Christ is and what he's done for me, and I understand how undeserving of that I am, and I have responded in faith, I have given my life to him, and I serve him, if that is you, then you will produce fruit. I don't know exactly how much. I don't know exactly what way, but you will produce fruit. There's no ands, ifs, or buts. And if you look at your life and there is no fruit, then you have to ask yourself, am I good soil? Am I truly a Christian or not? There are lots of examples of fruit as you look through the New Testament, as you look through the Scriptures. There are the, the fruit of the Spirit. We know those love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do I have these things that come through having the Spirit of God living in me? But not just the fruits of the Spirit. There are so many other things. Serving other people is a fruit that comes with being a Christian. Loving what is good and hating what is evil is fruit that comes with being a Christian. Loving one another as Christ loved us witnessing about the beautiful undeserved grace of Christ that has come into your life giving with a cheerful heart not just giving anyone can give but giving cheerfully and joyfully discipling other people and being discipled loving people that don't look like you caring for your family and loving your spouse and your neighbor as you love yourself Desiring God's glory more than your own glory. Loving God's word and reading it. Spending intimate time in prayer with God. All of these are fruit that come with being a Christian. And if you don't have any of those in your life, then you need to ask yourself the question after hearing this parable, not because I told you to, but because Christ told you to, am I in the majority? Am I a bad soil that has rejected the gospel? Or am I truly a good soil that has heard the word of God and has accepted it, who understands it and is now responding by producing fruit? The word is the seed, and when it's planted in your heart, it will produce fruit if you are a good soil.
if you are not producing fruit, then you have to ask yourself the question, am I truly good soil? Am I truly a Christian? I cannot answer that question for you. Brother Dusty cannot answer that question for you. You have to talk to the Lord, and you have to answer that question. And sometimes it takes some real hard reflecting on our life. It takes some intimate time in prayer to understand it. But this morning, I want you to understand that you can't say, yes, I'm a Christian, I'm just not producing fruit because the gospel says that's not possible. It says, if you're good soil, if you're Christian, you will produce fruit. I don't know if it's 30, 60, or 100 fold, but you will produce fruit. There are only two categories of soil. There are only two categories of people. There are saved people by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ, and there are lost people. That's it. And what is the difference in those two? It's not that you're better than other people. We don't want to be self-righteous because of the salvation that we don't deserve that's only come through Christ. What is the difference? The difference is the heart that we have. The difference in whether the seed grew or not was the soil. And so if you're here today and you believe that you are one with a bad heart, for whatever of those reasons, you believe that you have rejected the gospel, and you say, Brother Zach, what can I do? I've thought about that this week, and I've prayed about that, and I've studied, and the only thing that I know to tell you is that you should get on your knees before God, and that you should ask His forgiveness for rejecting His gospel, and you should ask Him that he would make you to have a heart that would desire the things of him. That you would ask him to make you into good soil that would love his word and that would accept his word and that would produce fruit. Maybe you're here and you know that you're a Christian, but you know that you're one that's producing uh, 30-fold. You say, I would like to produce more. How can I do that? I would tell you to pray and to ask God because he's the sower. He's the cultivator. He's the one that makes that happen. If you want to become good soil, pray that he would do that. If you want to be better soil, pray that he would make you that. You can't make yourself, if you're soil, you can't make yourself into better soil. Pray that God would make you more fruitful. Pray that God would make you more accepting of his word. Pray and ask the only one that can do these things to do these things for you. If you're here and you have any questions about any of this, I know sometimes when we read parables and we speak, when Jesus speaks in parables and we see that, sometimes it's harder for us to understand. If you have questions, please let me know. I would love to clear those up. I would love to talk to you about that. If you're here and for the first time you've heard this, this seed being spread, you've heard this word, this gospel, and you are accepting it and you're understanding it and you want to respond, in faith to Jesus Christ. I ask that you would come and let me talk to you about that. Let me talk you through what that process looks like. If you have other questions, I would love to answer them. If you'd like to pray at these altars or where you are, I ask that you'd do that. I want to invite you to stand. And we're going to have a hymn of invitation. We're going to have an opportunity for you to publicly respond to what the Lord is doing and what the Lord is calling you to do. And as always, I just ask that you would respond to him however he leads you. As Brother Shane leads us in a hymn of invitation.